You're listening to Cancer Covered. I had gone in for a routine gynecological visit, just a physical, and she found underneath my right armpit on the outer right side of my right breast. She palpated it, felt it, but didn't exactly feel like something she liked. So a week later, went back in, she felt it again, had an ultrasound, mammogram, biopsy, and then was diagnosed with stage two triple positive breast cancer. You're listening to Cancer Covered with Green Bay Oncology, where we explore pressing cancer issues and look for ways healthcare professionals, patients, and their families can cope better together. I'm Dr. Mitch Winkler. And I'm Kyla King. And we're your hosts. A cancer diagnosis can be a personal crisis. And reaching the end of treatment closes a chapter that many would rather put behind them. But for others, there can be healing and engaging with the cause. And they do things like volunteer for the American Cancer Society or advocate for cancer research with their local lawmaker. And a special few choose to walk back into the burning building and spend every day alongside others facing the same crisis they did. In this episode, I talked to Elisa, a cancer survivor diagnosed in her 20s who went through college during treatment so she could come back and care for cancer patients just like herself in the very clinic where she was treated. I'm with three generations today. I have Elisa, her mother, Mary Jo, and our youngest person to be on the podcast yet. Bodhi, who is going to be five months old next week. And later on in the episode, you're going to find out why it's so special that Bodhi is here with us. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. us. I love that you both stayed together. You can tell we got a mother and daughter in the, the recording studio today. Alisa, I want to ask you, first of all, when did you first know that something was off? For a couple of years, actually, I was having sharp pain in one of my breasts, and it was just attributed to that they were growing. I had been the same size for many years, but it was just rushed off under the table, so just attributed to his growing pains. And what exactly ended up being your specific diagnosis, and when did they finally know that this is something a little more serious? I had gone in for a routine gynecological visit, just a physical, and she found underneath my right armpit on the outer right side of my right breast. She palpated it, felt it, but didn't exactly feel like something she liked. So a week later, went back in, she felt it again, had an ultrasound, mammogram, biopsy, and then was diagnosed with stage two triple positive breast cancer. Do you often think back to that appointment and just realize how important that like regular visit ended up being for you? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely very important to go every year, um, just having an extra set of hands to feel, to make sure everything's right. How did the diagnosis change your life as a 27-year-old? So at that point in time, uh, I was previously 
in a relationship engaged. So we were thinking about children and marriage and that definitely put a halt on that. And with being hormonal positive cancer, I was unable to freeze eggs prior to starting chemotherapy. Mary Jo, what was it like for you when you found out that your daughter had cancer? We were wintering in Florida and I came out of a safe room where we weren't allowed to have our phones and I had 35 missed calls from Elisa. So I knew something was up and she was still in the radiology department. My husband's a radiologist, so we are familiar with that branch of healthcare and many of our friends that are radiologists were with her at that moment and they told us and I my mother had died of breast cancer. Oh wow. So I was familiar with the diagnosis and I just looked at my husband and I said, take me to the airport. I'm going home. I was not dressed to travel north, but the airlines took good care of me, gave me some blankets. I got back and was at her side the next morning when she had the biopsy. Elisa's parents knew about breast cancer. Her father is a retired radiologist and encountered breast cancer routinely at his job. And her mother is also a retired registered nurse, and she lost her own mother to breast cancer years before. So I asked Mary Jo if having insider information made the news easier to cope with. I think it, it made us more scared. Having My mom was diagnosed when I was 13, and lived, she lived 20 years with it. So I knew what life was like with cancer. I feared that Elisa would be going through the treatment plan, which I knew was not pleasant. However, what I did learn was that the advances in chemo and, and cancer treatment and even the surgical treatments had come such a long ways that it really, it really has helped me to realize that cancer is, is survivable the importance of early detection and the the treatment is not as awful as it was back when I was 13 years old. I mean, Elisa was a warrior and she did great. She always made the best of it. But yeah, we knew I'm a nurse. I worked with cancer patients. Did your relationship change at all during the treatment process? Because you're a mom, but then I'm sure you were probably taking on somewhat of a caregiver role or an overseer or something. So did that change at all between the two of you? Yeah, I definitely think it brought us closer. We became closer in a special way that others thankfully don't have to go through. But the relationship that we have now is definitely stronger than and closer than it was before. I think all while Elisa was growing up and and the challenges that teenagers have, I'd always say I'm always going to be at your side. And there were times when she was sitting in chemo and it's just the two of us together. And I said, I'm always, I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be at your side. And we always said we were going to go to Disney when it was over, but we haven't made We're going to get there. <laughs> I was wondering if there were any like milestones that yeah. if you make it through treatment, so Disney's the ultimate goal. Disney's yeah. the goal. Well, Elisa, what are you waiting for? <laughs> You've made it quite a ways out. I think we need to make this happen no, sooner so rather too. than later. Yeah. That's cool. A lot of times that seems to be a helpful thing to have something to look forward to or that milestone type of thing. I'm not surprised to hear that you guys had something similar. Yeah. 
And they had Taco Tuesdays at the hospital on the day of her chemo. So Every that Tuesday. <laughs> we really got into the Taco Tuesday. <laughs> and, and thinking about Disney. Yeah, that was our two moments coming together. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No one should carry the burden of cancer alone. And while every physician approaches cancer with their own unique skill set, we all agree on this one simple idea. Hi, I'm Dr. Gayu, a physician at Green Bay Oncology. The truth is, a cancer diagnosis can make you and your loved ones feel isolated and overwhelmed. And these moments are exactly when you need support the most. That's why all our doctors rely on the support of our team of qualified medical professionals. And here's two of them. Hi, I'm Madison Young. And I'm Tom Beckers. As social workers, we see how meaningful connection brings strength and healing to patients and loved ones facing cancer every single day. Our patients and physicians agree, sharing your experience in a safe space with others is powerful and therapeutic. That's why we offer a free monthly virtual and in-person cancer support group facilitated for you, wherever you are on your cancer journey. So whether by internet, phone, or in-person, you'll have access to the support of a community on a similar path. To join us, visit gboncology.com and click on support. So when did you first learn that the treatment could potentially impact your fertility? I think right away I learned that just knowing that it was hormonal positive and that giving hormones to preserve fertility was not possible. What was that like for you, Mary Jo, hearing that as a mom and then a potential future grandmother? Yeah, Elisa is adopted. Both of our kids are adopted. So I always knew that that was an option for this. But you always dream of your, your daughters having a baby. And also being in the healthcare world, I knew that that's something that we needed to address. And my husband was also helping us consider all of the options for that. So we did go and speak to a fertility specialist the, like the day that she had the biopsy done because things were moving so quickly. And they did say that we could put a pause on everything, have her go through another cycle, and then start her on the hormones to stimulate her ovaries to, to make eggs. But the gynecologist that found the tumor had indicated that it had changed over the course of two weeks. Being in healthcare, we knew that cancer in a young person moves rapidly and that this particular tumor, just from the physical palpation of it, was growing rapidly. And we just weren't willing to take that chance. We also knew that it was already approaching her lymph nodes and we didn't want it to get further out into her system and more into the lymph nodes. I think as a family, we decided we needed to preserve Elisa's life first and get that treatment plan going. In the back of our heads, we always knew there was a chance for adoption. But at that moment, our priority was her life. Disrupting events like breast cancer can sometimes close some of life's doors, like a dream of having a child. But sometimes it can open others if we look hard enough and are open to new paths. And Elisa's experience showed her a new path for her life. Just listen. You're in the middle of navigating multiple life-altering changes and moments. Why did going to school 
to become a medical assistant in the middle of all this become a goal? The care that I received while going through treatment here really inspired me. The family-like structure that I saw was really inspirational. And I think I just decided I wanted to give back and be there for those who were going through the same thing. I didn't really have anybody that I knew going through something like that. When I was actively going through treatment, there were social media friends I had made over Facebook groups, but nobody really in person that knew what I was going through. How was juggling going to school and cancer treatment? Because each of those on their own are tough. College is tough and cancer treatment is really, really tough. So you combine those two things. How did you juggle that? It was difficult. Went to radiation, then went to school. (laughs) Just became the normal routine. There was a point when her radiation burns were not healing and they were recommending that she do hyperbaric treatment. It was going to be six weeks. And I called the hyperbaric department and I said, she's in school. She needs to study. I said, is she going to be able to like put the books on the outside of the hyperbaric chamber and still study while she's laying in there? And they're like, no, she can't. She can't do anything. But fortunately, the wound started healing that week and she didn't have to go through that. Elisa, do you feel like you're more equipped with a unique perspective when you're rooming a patient or going into the exam room with your background? I definitely do. Sometimes I don't always share that I am a breast cancer survivor, but other times when I do share, the patients are so appreciative and ask tons of questions and just knowing that there's someone that they're going to come see that knows firsthand what they're going through, I think is so beneficial. Is it hard being around cancer all day for your job? It is. Um, Most days are very rewarding. Uh, Other days you take it home with you and think how much longer can I do this every day. But it's the, the positive outcomes and the good stories that keep me going. What do you do to set it aside when you're not here? Have you found any practices that help? Lately, it's been Bodhi. Bodhi's definitely a big, big part that allows me to leave work at work and remind myself that amazing things can come out of a tragedy as well. It's not a surprise to hear you say something like that, because I think we hear something similar on a daily basis from our patients that they tend to find the good in life and what's there, and they tend to turn the knob down on the bullshit in life and the things that don't matter or aren't as important. I'm not surprised that you have that same type of perspective and have found those areas to focus on. Are there moments where it's uncomfortable working alongside your care team that are now your coworkers and knowing that maybe they know some personal things about you from your care. I'm a pretty open book, so that part really doesn't bother me. There's even moments where I'll have personal questions and coworkers chime in. It's just a big, big group discussion, which is pretty nice, actually, that they know firsthand everything I went through as well. It's not uncommon for you to work alongside Dr. Tony Jeslowski, who is one of your oncologists now. 
What's it like having your oncologist be your coworker too and like working <laughs> alongside him all day? Actually, it's pretty wonderful. Dr. Jaslowski, he's an incredible human and person and doctor. It's pretty rewarding. Mary Jo, as a parent, do you think that your worry for Elisa will ever go away? No, it never goes away. That moment, that phone call will never go away. And now that we have Bodhi in our lives, generally the phone calls are happy calls about Bodhi and pictures of him and milestones. Prior to that, every time the phone rang, you thought, oh, this is it. Something else has happened. Probably a little PTSD. You never get past that moment as a parent getting a phone call from your daughter saying, I have cancer. It just, it never goes away. What advice would you have to other parents that are embarking on something similar with one of their children? I think most important is to keep reminding them you're going to be there. You're going to be at their side. You will be there in the middle of the night if they need to contact you. If you need to go there, you get up and you go in the middle of the night and you sit at their side. Prayer was very important. Elisa knew that was important for me. And there were times, one time she was going into surgery and she had the priest show up and he said a prayer with us. And when he left, she said, I did that for you. And she just knew that that I needed that. Obviously, having my husband there at my side was important. And, and men can be more black and white where women are more emotional. So I think we balanced each other out really well. And he was able to answer a lot of the questions. Honestly, to this day, I've not looked at Elisa's medical records. I have a file of everything printed out, but I can't bear to look at it. But we've had some really good moments together, some good laughs. It has definitely brought us closer together. It's a bond like nobody could ever understand. What's one thing that you learned about Elisa through this whole thing? Her endurance. She she can do anything. She really can do anything. She's got an amazing strength and will. Elisa, what have you learned about your mom going through this? That she truly is always there. In the middle of the night, phone calls, visits, on a plane, 24 hours later, home. She truly is always there, no matter what. Thanks for joining us on Cancer Covered. Please let us know what you think by leaving a review. To learn more, read our blog, request an appointment, search available clinical trials, or even apply to become a member of the team, go to gboncology.com. Oncology.com.